Well, let's dive back into uh, some of the big stories this morning and some that are not big, but uh, except in my own mind, um, significant in one way or another. So Donald Trump on Laura Ingram on the Ingram angle last night. So he was on Fox News Channel and the president telling uh, Laura Ingram, he said he challenged the president uh, to a debate. Trump did. And he said, as far as debate moderators, Trump said, I'll take anybody to moderate the debate. But as far as the president then debating, he said, you know, I think you have an obligation in this case. You really have an obligation to debate as many as necessary. I can do it starting now, Trump said. And then he went on to say, you know, I don't think he's going to debate. I I really don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because America will get a good look at how infirm this president really is. I don't think he would, uh, honestly, it would be an absolute mistake. From his perspective, not from yours and mine, I, I think the American people should see. I think we should see how Joe Biden handles himself. That, but that's my own belief. He's certainly under no obligation to debate if he doesn't wish to. But I don't think he will, do you? I would find it really hard to believe. So Biden was asked about this, what, a couple of weeks ago? And uh, the president said that if, if he were Trump, I'd want to debate me too, he said. And he said that Trump has got nothing else to do. Well, of course, that's a laugh because we know Donald Trump is being sued. And what, uh, where is Trump not being sued right now? I think it would be easier to keep track of where Donald Trump is not being sued versus the places where he is being sued. They traveling all over the country as a result. So to say that Trump has nothing but time on his hands. That's that's a bit, uh, again, but that's what I expect from Joe Biden and the Democrats. So one of the things that did come up during the interview yesterday with uh, Laura Ingram, he was talking about this uh, Russian dissident, Alexei Navalny. He is the top political opponent of Vladimir Putin over in Russia. And as you know, then, I've been sharing stories about Navalny's death here recently. The reaction from his widow, Navalny's widow, was in the news yesterday. I shared that with you. Her response blaming uh, Vladimir Putin for the death of Navalny, the fact that he was found with, uh, you know, bruised, bruises. So... Uh, Trump was asked about this during this town hall, and Trump said, you know, Navalny is a very sad situation, and he said he's very brave. He was a very brave guy. He said he went back to Russia, now he's saying. He went back. He could have stayed away. Frankly, probably would have been a lot better off staying away and talking from outside of the country as opposed to having to go back in because people thought 
thought that this could happen, and it did happen. And it's a horrible thing, Trump said, but it's happening in our country, too. Now, Trump is getting some criticism for this, but I want you to understand exactly what it is he's saying. Trump then suggested that his criminal indictments are the criminal indictments against him are proof that this country is, in Trump's words, turning into a communist country in many ways, Trump said. He said, I got indicted four times, all because of the fact that I'm in politics. They indicted me on things that are so ridiculous, he says. And then he he went on now, and, and I think that it, it, it's meaningful because, as you and I have just seen, you've got the judge in New York who ordered Trump to pay uh, Judge Engeron, uh, uh, who had ordered Trump to pay $355 million in penalties at the civil fraud trial. And now you have got the DA in that case saying, oh, and if Trump's not going to pay up, we're going to start seizing his properties. We're going to start seizing his properties if he doesn't pay. So Trump say, uh, said to Laura Ingram last night, he says, it's a form of Navalny. It is a form of communism, of fascism. Um. And then some of the other questions he was asked at one point, you know, he didn't speak directly, didn't answer them directly. For instance, Laura Ingram interrupted Trump at one point to ask whether he believed whether he could become a potential political prisoner for the rest of his life, like Navalny. A lot of us wonder this. A lot of us wonder this. I mean, if Trump were to wind up going to jail in some of these cases, they would love to keep Trump in prison, just no different than Navalny and what what we have seen there. And so Trump was asked that question. It's a fair question because it's very much on my mind. Got to wonder whether it's also on your mind. And so... Um, Trump said, if I were losing in the polls, they wouldn't even be talking about me, and I wouldn't have had any legal fees. He said, if I were out, out of the race, then. He said, I think, although they hate me so much, I think if I got out, they'd still, he said, be thinking, let's pursue this guy, we can't stand this guy. Which is, uh, yeah, you've got to wonder that. Would they still think that? Even if Trump got out, would they say, no, we, we've got a there's a hatred that fuels so much of this stuff. And we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. New York Times had a piece over the weekend about these people who, uh, they're getting tiny. I shared this with you yesterday. They're worn out from being outraged at Trump all the time. It's wearing them out. 
The New York Times actually covered this. Yeah, I think it's a joke. Uh, But the New York Times actually devoted space to their stories. Oh, we're just so worn out. We're outraged all the time. So the I've called it the perpetual outrage machine. And these folks are saying, yeah, wow, just yeah, you're just worn out from being outraged all being outraged all the time. It's taking a toll on us. Oh, please give us a break. And I'm like, wow, give me uh, give me a break. But that was kind of the, among the big takeaways from this Laura Ingram interview of Donald Trump last night. Also, the issue of potential running mates has come up in the last few days. And so Trump, those who are on Trump's list include Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Florida Republican Byron Donalds, and former Democrat Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard are the names apparently on his short list. I think it's a little bit early to talk about uh, who's on his uh, short list. So Nikki Haley has also been in the news because she is pledging that she will continue to campaign even beyond South Carolina. The South Carolina primary is coming up Saturday. They got the big, that's where she's from, Nikki Haley from South Carolina. It's coming up Saturday. And she's saying she will continue her campaign beyond that, regardless of what happens on Saturday. And she said, we don't anoint kings in this country. To which I said, what in the hell is she talking about? (laughs) What, What is she talking about? She said, uh, but this nonsense goes on. I mean, can somebody tell her that she sounds deranged, please? Would somebody let her know that she just sounds like a nut? She said, I feel no need to kiss the ring, and I have no fear of Trump's retribution, she said. So that's because Trump's going to cream her. Of course she doesn't fear any Trump retribution. He's going to roll over her like a steamroller. <laughs> but she will continue. She's critical of Trump for being too old, too divisive, and too self-absorbed to be an effective leader. Um, I do think Trump is a little self-absorbed at times. But when you, if you were getting attacked in the way that Donald Trump is, you know what? I can understand why you're self-absorbed. Uh, you're from New York City. I can understand why you're self-absorbed. You, you, that's that's not uncommon with people from that area. It's not uncommon with people from New York, especially from the Bronx, 
Uh, so, yeah, I, I can forgive that. Uh, however, Haley said she's not, she is not a never-Trumper. She said she's had a handful of problems with Trump, but she said she has countless issues with President Joe Biden. And she said, we don't anoint kings in this country. We have elections. That's why I refuse to quit. And I think, you know what? Do you feel she should continue running? I do. I do. If she feels the need to stay in the race, by all means, stay in the race. She said uh, on Sunday, so again, South Carolina vote on Saturday, and she says on Sunday, I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere, Nikki Haley said. So as uh, Matthew Whitaker was on Newsmax the other day, he's the former uh, acting U.S. Attorney General, Matthew Whitaker, and the this speech by Nikki Haley, he said, you know, I think that was a little bit of an incredible speech. First of all, it was a bait and switch. You know, she intended to get some attention just for her typical kind of laundry list of why she thinks she's going to be the nominee, which she's not, he said. And he said, you know, let's admit that she's going to lose South Carolina. She's going to lose Michigan. She's going to lose almost every state, probably all the states on Super Tuesday. And with uh, within about two or three weeks after that, Donald Trump will clinch the number of delegates necessary to be the nominee. And so this is a little bit of a kamikaze effort on her part. And I think a lot of Republicans need to start asking themselves, is Nikki Haley really a Republican or is she a sleeper cell that's hidden within their party? And I thought, you know, that's an interesting point of view because <laughs> it's much what I have been thinking. But he said of the Haley campaign, he said, this is a slow motion car wreck. We're going to see her continue to underperform, and she's just going to be a useful foil for the Democrats to attack Donald Trump from his own party. Yeah, see, I, I, Whitaker's on to it. He's on to it. See, I've, that's what I believe has been happening, Nikki Haley and all this attention. The, I mean, the coverage from Fox News makes you want to puke. It really does. The amount of Nikki Haley coverage from Fox News, oh, turns my stomach. Because I know what the real news of the day is. And I'm like, man, these are the things the American people have got to hear and need to be told. And Fox News would rather talk about Nikki Haley. Are you kidding me? That's not the reality I live in. That's life in bizarro world. So I wanted to share that. Also, this came up, uh, this uh, story came up that I wanted, I just felt the need to mention. This was on Face the Nation on Sunday. 
Douglas Brinkley was on the program, and he has written a book called The Unfinished Presidency. And he was asked the question as to why is Joe Biden running for re-election? Because it's been kind of a foregone conclusion that Joe Biden would not seek another term. Everybody kind of knew that. And there's been talk about, you know, and you've seen the stories likely, we've talked about them, as to who the, if Joe Biden were to step out, what, who are the Democrats that would then step up? And so Douglas Brinkley talking about this, why is Joe Biden refusing to step down? Why is he continuing to run for re-election? And he has come to the conclusion likely that you have, because I know I, I'm the, I'm the, um, I'm not the brightest bulb, and I have even I think said to you a number of times, you've got to wonder how much Jill Biden is behind this, because we've asked why isn't Jill Biden telling him, oh, Joe, it's over, it's done, you're done. Why isn't Jill telling him that? Because it's Jill that's pushing him is what Douglas Brinkley says. And he said, she's a vital part of the campaign. Dr. Jill Biden is it. And then he started talking about previous presidents. He said, if you go back to 1952, Harry Truman could have run, and he didn't. Why? Well, the Korean War. But there were other reasons. Bess wanted to go back to independence. She didn't like it in Washington. And he says, and if you cut to 1968, Lyndon Johnson quit in March of 68. And he says the big thing uh, was his health was bad. He had a bad heart. He was smoking, so on, so on. And it was Lady Bird Johnson didn't want him to run again. It was Lady Bird that convinced Johnson to step down. And he says that's not the case with Jill Biden. She Now, again, this is an author, not my words. Jill Biden, she likes power. She wants to stay. She wants some sense of revenge. She teaches at Virginia Community College. And he said, you know, this is her home. And the idea of relinquishing it after you've taken the slings and arrows of the last years of attacks, and at the last minute, just when you get all the delegates, you're going to say, I'm going to open it up to a bunch of people. He said, it's very childish when you read these kinds of reports. So so in other words, it's, it's Jill Biden who is behind Joe Biden's refusal to step aside. I thought that's an interesting point of view.